Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to our Cultivate Church Family Gathering. My name is Lindsay Eidler, and I'm going to be uh, teaching us on scripture today. We're going to continue our present one series, um, and our passage today is actually going to be in the beginning of Acts. That'll be uh, Acts 1, verses 3 through 9. Before we jump in, I just want to give you a little bit of context. Uh, we've been looking at Jesus and how he's been present with his disciples through everything. And at this point in the story, we're actually moving out of the gospel. So Jesus has died, he's been resurrected, and he's actually spending time with his disciples in his resurrected body. So let's look at the story together. Acts 1, verses 3 through 9. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to them, his disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The good news today, church, is even when Jesus seems far away, he's pushing in closer. God desires to be close to us. It might just be different than we expect. So at the beginning of this passage, we have the disciples, and they're hanging out with resurrected Jesus. So I can't even imagine, like, the emotions that they're going through, that this man that they had spent spent years with teaching, um, I'm sorry, being taught, um, and then he dies, actually comes back to life, and he's with them in this new resurrected body. And I imagine that the disciples' hearts are at rest with Jesus back with his teaching, because he's proving himself faithful. And yet, He's still shattering the disciples' expectations. And when he does that, right, they bring this question to him, are, Lord, now that you're back, are you going to restore Israel? He answers them, and then he leaves. And imagine, I just imagine the disciples being like, wait, what? Jesus, you died. And then came back to life and ate with us. And you're not going to restore Israel or we don't really get to know what the answer is. And then you're, you left. He's just left. And now we're just standing here looking at the sky. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for the disciples sometimes. Like, but, um, I don't think Jesus is trying to be cruel and I don't think he's trying to scold them or punish them. I actually think Jesus is keeping his promises. Um, which would be weird for Jesus to leave to keep a promise. But we saw even before Jesus died that he made promises. Like the one we find in John 14, 16 to 18. 
He says, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus isn't being cruel to his followers by coming back to life and then leaving to heaven. He's keeping his promise to be faithful to them, to not leave them alone, and to bring them the spirit of truth, the spirit of God's presence into their lives. Which brings us to our next point. Not only is Jesus keeping his promise by Jesus' body leaving, he's actually moving his presence closer to his disciples. He promises that the Holy Spirit will dwell in them. And now we see him leave so that God's presence can come and like actually be in his church. On top of that, Jesus doesn't just dismiss the reality and the expectations that the disciples have for what's going to happen next, right? He, they, they ask him, like, okay, Jesus, this is, is this the time? Is this when you're going to restore Israel the way that we want? And you have to understand, um, the disciples were probably hoping for Jesus to be the king, to overthrow Rome, so that they could just, like, be their own kingdom under no one else's power. And Jesus... I like to think, not in a scolding kind of way, but in a like, I have a better truth for you. I have a better reality for you kind of way says, this isn't for you to know. But the thing that you do need to know, in verse 8, you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, not just in Jerusalem, but in all Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus doesn't want to leave the disciples in their expectation of their best reality. He invites them to be a part of the greatest reality of all, the better reality, the greater kingdom that he is creating through the Holy Spirit using us. So the good news is, is even when Jesus seems like he's left us he's actually pushing in closer this one hits home for me i've read this passage a lot but i feel like um i read it differently the last time i read it and um i felt like god was stirring something up in me like you know what Lindsay? there there are parts of your life that you don't feel like i'm there and um for me, a big one is anxiety. Um, anxiety is a mental health disorder. I have struggled with it on and off for most of my adult life. I support all of my friends and family that struggle with it too, but there's just like this underlying shame and difficulty with that. Um, and it just makes it really hard to work through. And when I'm feeling physical anxiety, uh, recently I felt it every day for four or five months, I felt numb to God's presence. Um, in most of my walk with Jesus, I've really been able to connect with him through prayer. 
And when I'm anxious, I can't feel him. Like I'll pray and I'll pray and I'll pray. And I probably pray more when I'm anxious than when I'm not because I feel desperate. So I ask for him and I ask for him and I tell him that I need him and I feel like I hear nothing, like nothing. Um, and when you do that for a while, it starts to get pretty discouraging. Um, I also realized that I kind of start getting to the spot where I start feeling unusable too. Like, God, if I can't, if I can't connect with you, like, how are you going to use me to build your kingdom? Like, I'm just this anxious ball of despair, like, which, <laughs> but like, it's really, it's hard. Um, I really felt like I'm, I get to a place where I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta clean my stuff up so God can come hang out. Like, so God can come use me because this this place where I'm at right now, it's not working and I feel very, very alone. Um, so I'm not sharing all of this to get your sympathy, although I don't mind it. <laughs> I'm sharing this because every single one of us have moments like the disciples. We all have moments where we feel like we're watching Jesus go up into the clouds and, re and we're left realizing that he's not with us in the way that we expected. Where does Jesus feel distant to you? And how might the Holy Spirit be pushing in in a new way? Um, I don't have a pretty bow to put on my, my walk with anxiety. I'm still working on it. Um, and I am working on it. Um, but I do think that God has shown himself faithful in new and different ways for me. Uh, so I mentioned that the way I usually connect with God is through prayer and I wasn't feeling that, um, but I was really starting to be blessed by the Holy Spirit's presence in my church family, uh, you guys. Um, I reached out to people and just said, man, I'm like, I'm really struggling. I, I need help and my brothers and sisters in Christ would pray pray with me. They didn't judge me. They um, texted me scriptures and they were faithful to follow up with me and spend time with me. And um, in a moment where I felt like God wasn't with me and my faith maybe wasn't measuring up, which I don't think is true, but that's what it felt like, I found rest in the faith of my brothers and sisters who kept pointing me back to Jesus and inviting Jesus to come be with me through their prayers and through the truth that they were speaking into my life. I also found God um, highlighting scripture for me in a way that I hadn't seen before. So a lot of times I felt like I'd be reading through a book like first or second chronicles and I'd be like, what is this? Like, what is happening? I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I'm reading a list of names. Um, but I was reading through first and second chronicles and God was teaching me stuff and it, it was amazing. Um, so it was hard, right? He got, he wasn't meeting me the way that I wanted, was still struggling, but God was proving himself faithful through his Holy spirit in ways I didn't expect. 
the good news family is that God is faithful. We cannot find ourselves in a place where he can't find us. And if it looks like Jesus has left you, I promise you that the Holy Spirit is there and he is pushing in in a new way. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that things are automatically going to shift. But he is good and he is faithful. So as we wrap up to respond, I would just ask that you would try to do some stuff with me. Um, you know, inviting God into the places of our lives where we don't feel like he's there or he isn't big enough is really scary. Like it's, it's hard stuff. So I just want to let you know, like, we're all in this together and we all need Jesus. That's why we're here. Um, so there's no shame in saying that God, I need you. Like that's, that's kind of the whole. So I just want to encourage you. There's no shame in saying like, God, this is the truth of my messy life and I need you. Um, so there's a few ways we can respond. I would just encourage you uh, to confess a, a specific way that you felt distant from Jesus this week. Like put a name to it and tell Jesus how it feels when you believe that he's not there. Like what kind of pain you're experiencing um, and how much you really need him. And I just confess to him that it's this is happening to you and that you need him to meet you in that. And then I would, I would ask you, is it possible that the absence that you're feeling or the emptiness or the numbness that you're feeling in this part of your life or this time of your life isn't because Jesus left you, but maybe because he's trying to meet you in a new way? So I would encourage you um, in a response time, or even now in your hearts, to just reach out to Jesus and see Jesus um, I'm waiting on your presence. Help me to receive how you want to meet me and not how I expect it to happen. I give you this area of my life to do with it, whatever you please. I love you, church. It's so easy right now where we're at to feel like we are alone, to feel like everything in our lives is bigger than us and to lose hope. But Jesus is our living hope. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. I'm not making little of our struggles. I just want to make big of Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. We confess that you are here, but we want more of you. God, we need you to present yourself, present yourself alive today in our lives. We banish fear in the name of Jesus. Would you move into those places and times in our lives where you feel so far? We need you to move closer, God. Help us to see. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thankful that 
thank you that you do whatever it takes to get close to us. Help us to see what, how you're moving, even if it's not inside of our expectations. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to clean anything up in our lives to do that, but you meet us in our mess. God, would you have your way? Come close. Speak to our hearts. Use us to grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.